Your journey to impact is going to start in your heart. And you know what I'm talking about because you felt it. There's a passion in there to do something. But it develops then in your mind, and that's the process that we've been talking about. But now, finally, it has to result in action. Welcome to the Journey to Impact podcast, where we show you how to turn your unique passion into a strategy to change the world. Friends, we are wrapping up our series on the basics of impact based on the principles of Ed Gillentine's book, Journey to Impact. Ed has guided us through the process to help us discover our own definition of impact and build a framework for having impact on our world. As he closes this initial series, we'll hear a couple of stories of people that went on their own impact journeys. I hope this will inspire you to believe that you can truly have an impact, regardless of where your skills and interests are. I hope it will also motivate you to get started and take action so that the world can experience the impact that only you can create. It's time to get off the bench. Let's do this. Here's your host, Ed Gillentine. I want to close with a couple of stories. One is about a person who does the actual impact. He's hands-on and up close and personal. And the other is about someone who funds the impact. They don't get as hands-on. They don't get quite as up in the middle of it. But they still have impact. And they fund those organizations like the first story where they are hands-on. Both are critical. And and I want to share these stories as we wrap up these podcasts because it illustrates how important that you and I understand that impact takes place across a spectrum. And somewhere in that spectrum, there is a place for you and your unique definition of impact. So my friend Steve is the guy that to me epitomizes the doer. In 1999, he started an impact organization focused on bringing economic stability to the third poorest zip code in the entire nation at the time, 38126 in Memphis. And he called his organization Advance Memphis. Let's just move Memphis forward. Steve didn't come from money. He didn't have a lot of wealthy contacts, but he knew he had to do something to help the folks living in the 38126 zip code in Memphis. And so he simply started by helping friends in the neighborhood connect with job opportunities. And then he kept dreaming and serving. He started to add more folks on his team. Then he started adding different programs like financial literacy. And then that grew into job training and then a warehouse. They could teach job skills like forklift driving, more skilled jobs, and even got into training people for job interviews, a lot of different things. Not all of them worked, however, but he just kept going. Steve knew it wasn't simply enough to offer a job to someone that had been born and raised in generational poverty, but when he first got started, he really wasn't sure how to provide a different type of assistance than what every other organization was doing. So a lot of trial and error, error, financial literacy, then grew to job skills training, and then that grew to job interview training, and that grew to job placement, and so on and so forth. And they've developed this idea, along with others around the country, of the idea of stepping stone programs. So the idea is to help students move toward economic stability. They have, you know, GED prep match saving programs, which I think is one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. Addiction recovery. I mean, there's a bunch of different stepping stone that are part of the strategy. And I really, one of the things that amazes me about what Steve and the team at Advanced Memphis have done is that they've stayed 
laser focused on 38126. They remain committed to helping those people. And they put a big value on what they call reciprocal learning relationships, not just with the people they serve, but with subject experts across the U.S. And they're really quick to try new ideas, and they are lightning quick to kill ideas that failed, right? They try things. If it's not working, they kill it quick and move on. So when I think about what is success, different types of metrics, today, so we're talking almost 30 years later, Advanced Memphis has almost doubled the wages earned within the 38126 zip code for the people that work in their outsourcing operation in that warehouse I mentioned. Over the past five years, the two warehouse operations, talk about sustainability, have generated around 75% of the revenue that's necessary to be sustainable, and they're moving in the right direction. So within the next several years, they hope to be running an organization that has no need for outside charitable contributions. And they're graduating almost 100 chronically unemployed individuals every year through their job readiness and soft skills program. Will their mission ever be fully accomplished? Probably not, I'm guessing, in the sense of 100% poverty-free in that particular zip code, but certainly in the sense of moving the needle in a significant manner. Steve's vision helped turn Advanced Memphis into a sustainable, catalytic, and significant needle-moving organization. And even more importantly, his leadership has allowed the organization to build capacity and ability to change not just hundreds of lives, but thousands of lives in the city. I was just down there recently, and that, that zip code, those few blocks, look and feel different than they did even 10 or 15 years ago. And I want to say that Steve and his team have had a big part of that. The other story I want to tell you is a friend of mine named David who came from, came from an impact-minded family, had their own company, but his father was a scientist, and he worked for years kind of on the side after work on projects to provide cleaner, safer drinking water for the people of Africa. So the idea of giving back has always been in his DNA, the idea of leaving the world in better shape than how he found it was in his DNA and, and I would say also in his children now. And after uh, many years of leading the family business, he went on a trip to Africa to see about the sustainability of providing pure water for rural people in Uganda. And during that trip and several other trips, he began to realize that sustainable catalytic impact in Uganda, as well as across the continent of Africa, mostly East Africa, but across Africa, was a lot more than just exporting Western expertise, Western knowledge, and methods. It was a lot more nuanced, a lot more dependent on culture and mission than he ever thought about. And as he considered his experiences as a leader in the business and his travels across Africa, he became convinced that his path to impact, his unique description of impact, involved helping young entrepreneurs across the continent of Africa and helping them fund their ideas. So help them with economics, finance, funding, business analysis, leadership skills, all of those things, almost like a business mentor, I guess you would call it. All of those skills he'd honed over 20, 30 years of running a business in the U.S. And so as David started investigating the best ways to help, he met a couple of guys fresh out of college that had a burning passion to save the world, right? Their goal was to build 
a socially responsible investment group that would fund and own business all across Africa, be financially viable, sustainable. And it turned out to be the perfect project for David because he was able to give counsel to mentor, basically guide these young impact-minded investors and also provide some seed funding for their project. Um, I would also say that David probably learned as much from these young guys as they learned from him. And that's typically the nature of being a mentor, right? So was he successful? Did he have impact? Yeah, I think so. Having observed for the past 10 years, from a social perspective, one of the businesses has transformed the poultry industry in East Africa by a pretty unique employment structure. And they employ thousands of indigenous employees, subcontractors, many of whom are women. They're providing a protein-rich food to millions of people who didn't have access to it before. You think about chickens and eggs and those sorts of things. They've provided small business opportunities for thousands of smallholder farmers, job skills, business training, and they've actually made a profit, (laughs) which is pretty challenging to do in impact investments, especially in foreign cultures. So was it difficult? Yeah, there are a lot of times when those young men wanted to give up, and I think that's where... David had some pretty significant impact encouraging them and their senior management team, right? But they stayed with it, and they built a truly catalytic, sustainable, significant impact business. And when you think about those two stories, I want you to think about how impact is on a spectrum and how wide it is and how you have a spot somewhere in it. And I would also say that your spot is not just unique, but it's critical. You've heard me say this several times throughout these podcasts, because if you don't do it, it's not going to get done. When I started working on the Journey to Impact Project, the book, I, I, I really believed that significant impact was simply a formula, right? Thinking plus planning plus executing. It was real simple. It was, it was simply intentional, right? And without intentionality, there could be no impact. But after all the thinking and research and writing and revisiting. I still think that's true. You got to be intentional, but there's one caveat that I would add, and that's this. Everybody on this planet is going to have impact, whether it's intentional or not. The question is, what kind of impact will it be? And I'm going to suggest to you that if you're not intentional about your impact, it will at least be tepid. If you fail to go through the processes and the principles that we've described and talked through in the podcasts. You may have impact, but it's pretty likely not to be significant. And worst of all, it could probably cause harm. Unintentional harm, to be sure, but harm nonetheless. And maybe even more disturbing, you'll have squandered your unique and critical talents and gifts and resources. However, if you are intentional about your impact, you are a lot more likely to have positive, catalytic, critical impact. You may look back on your impact years later and not see much, but I promise you this, it will be there. History may not even look back and see the impact of your life, but it will be there in the lives of the people in whom you've invested. So don't shortcut the process. These podcasts were intended for people all across the spectrum of impact. If you're new to the journey, you may have never even considered that you can be a part of something bigger than yourself. Or maybe you've been thinking about impact for years, just had no idea where to begin, where to get started. Well, now you know, right? And now's the time to get started. Use these podcasts. Go to our website, 
get the book, use the resources that are designed to help you build a solid foundation for impact. Maybe there's some of you listening to this that you got off to a good start, but now the journey sort of stalled out. Maybe you've become overwhelmed or cynical, and you've heard me share about that in my own life. Or maybe you've just simply run out of gas emotionally, physically, financially. Now's the time to get back in the game. And I hope that these podcasts will encourage you to do it. Maybe you've had a great start on the journey to impact that has already resulted in great impact. Maybe you've had impact that you've never dreamed you'd have. Maybe you even stumbled into it like Liz and I did. Well, now's the time to ask you if your impact can be even greater. Now's the time to start sharing what you've learned with the impact community around you. I hope that these podcasts will encourage you to do that. Friends, we're all going to have impact. The question is whether or not it's the impact you and I want to have. My prayer is that after listening to these podcasts, maybe reading the book, skimming the website, that it will give you hope and courage that you can have impact, that it'll give you freedom to embrace your own unique passions, your own unique skills and life experiences, and that it'll give you a practical framework, something you can use to design and implement an impact that is strategic, sustainable, and catalytic. Your journey to impact is going to start in your heart. And you know what I'm talking about because you've felt it. There's a passion in there to do something. But it develops then in your mind, and that's the process that we've been talking about. But now, finally, it has to result in action. In the book, Journey to Impact, it ends with a question. And it's the same question I'll end this series of podcasts with. Will you join us on the journey? It's a journey that will never end. It's a journey that will have twists and turns. It will require you to many times retrace your steps and start all over again. Know that there will be frustration, failure, and broken hearts, but also know that there will be impact, profound, life-changing impact, impact that's unique to you, an impact that only you can bring. So please join me on a journey that will change your life as well as the world you will one day leave behind. Godspeed to you all. Thank you for following along in this series on the basics of impact. Please be sure you're subscribed because Ed is just getting started. In the future, you'll get more information and resources to help you on your impact journey And you'll hear insightful interviews from people directly involved in various impact organizations. Leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts to help more people find out about Journey to Impact. And if you want to learn more, visit edgillentine.com. That's E-D-G-I-L-L-E-N-T-I-N-E.com. Until next time, embrace, build, act.